0: Hi, the children.
1: Hi, <laughs> I love that. Can we can that be every? Can that be every time? <laughs> Hi,
0: Miss Wendy. Hi, Josephine. <laughs> Welcome to our time of the month. This is February. Yeah,
1: finally.
0: Finally, we're coming at you a little late with February, but we have so much to cover for a month that is short. We're gonna give you lots of content.
1: We're gonna give you all the content.
0: <sighs> oh. Lord, I'm finally going to let Joe talk about the Super Bowl. Yes. And we've decided we're going to talk about this step by step and watch it live with you guys. Yes.
1: So we will be playing it uh-huh. on the YouTube and then you can we, just... You'll
0: just hear our commentary yeah. as the whole thing happens. We'll, we'll
1: tie, If you want to watch with us, we'll time it. So that yeah. way, you
0: know... <laughs> so you can press play with us. You can, can press
1: play, us. play with um,
0: us. Oh, sweet Jesus. Okay. So we're going to talk about the Super Bowl. Obviously, also this month, the Oscars happened. Check out our uh, special Oscar mid-month episode yeah. for that. We did deliver that to you already. I'm going to talk to you about the Taylor Swift documentary. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Eyebrow raise. Eyebrow raise. Shake of head. Tilt of head. Um, High fidelity on Hulu. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're going to talk about West Side Story on Broadway and the surrounding chaos of that. Uh The surrounding controversy. Mm -hmm. Um, Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist. A new network television TV.
1: Network television. Network
0: television TV is redundant. Yes. Network television programming.
1: Programming.
0: (laughs) We'll, we'll
1: talk a little bit about it. I'm drunk. Don't listen to me. <laughs> it's
0: fine. Um, and then uh, I'm going to talk to you guys about To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway at Madison Square Garden. Uh, RuPaul has kicked off a new season Start this your month.
1: engines.
0: Yes. We ended February with a new season of Queens. And guess what we'll talk about every month from here on out. <laughs> uh, um, RuPaul also hosted SNL. And speaking of SNL, Pete Davidson has been in the news. We're going to talk about that um, so much. Yeah. We ready?
1: Are we ready? Okay. So, ladies and
0: gentlemen, are you ready for Super Bowl are halftime? Are you ready for the show? Super
1: Bowl halftime show? Okay. So, now you, if you haven't yet, if you would like to watch with us, get yeah. to a safe place because don't do this in your car. No. Pause this recording.
0: Mm-hmm. Go
1: and uh, find the Super Bowl halftime show. Yes. And the- Shakira
0: and J-Lo's full Pepsi Super Bowl halftime show. Exactly.
1: And for the next 14 minutes and 20 seconds, uh, enjoy our commentary.
0: And also I might cry. I might she cry. Might- and I have been crying about it. I will cry. I will get choked up about it. And here we go. So as this is beginning. The here we are.
1: Yes. This will be the third time we watch this together, and I can't get enough.
0: (laughs) I can't get enough. Also, lots of conservative America super pissed that we have two Latinx artists performing at the halftime show, Mm -hmm. and they're like, "You should be American."
1: One is definitely. We're
0: like, I mean, yeah,
1: yeah. One is definitely American. I'm not sure if is, uh, but you know, Shakira's Colombian. Shakira's Colombian.
0: But, but, I mean, now she's started to move her body and I'm mesmerized. (laughs) Wendy has forgotten all the words. I'm like, I don't know words anymore because Shakita's hips are killing me right now. Yes. So she's a vision in ruby red sparkles.
1: Hold on. Here comes the chasse.
0: (laughs) Chasse. A low step ball change. (laughs) <laughs> How's your she-wolf, Joe?
1: My she-wolf is awoo, awoo. Yes, and then this, oh. just you know the the little uh, the little orchestra
0: mm. filled
1: with like women and long hair.
0: Yes. God, she's so good. Okay, now we have a close-up of her face here, and I've said, "God damn, how old is she? She's like fifty something. She's fifty, I think."
1: I think so. At yeah. least late 40s, not And her be.
0: skin is so beyond flawless.
1: For HD. For yeah. HD television. She's incredible.
0: Incredible. Also Shakira's playing electric guitar right here. Why, Josephine?
1: Because we just need to be re- reminded that she plays every instrument.
0: A reminder. On the face of the earth. That Shakira is talented as fuck. Yeah and don't underestimate this queen.
1: And you know what else she does? She she has a rope and she's going to, you know, do some Here belly it is.
0: dancing. So, Josephine earlier said, "Wait, did she change costumes?" Mhm. And I said, "No, that is underdress."
1: Ah. Oh. And we'll see j
0: lo pull this trick later too. So, in the theater, we underdress for quick changes. <laughs> That way you peel off a top layer, and there you are. There
1: you are. Dance
0: with that rope, Shakira. Yes.
1: And then the fire underneath. God damn! Like, oh, my God. Come on. Come on. Y'all, I don't
0: care who you are in this world. Men, women, cats, dogs. Everybody should be a little sexually aroused by Shakira right now.
1: You are lucky that your breasts are small and humble,
0: <laughs> so
1: they're not confused with mountains. Yes.
0: She has red fringe on her ass. Also, so I got to hand
1: it to whoever the choreographer is and the director because, like, they are really centering, like, the, like, black performers right next to, oh, yeah. uh, right next to Shakira. Uh-huh.
0: All dancers of color. hmm Like, just the diversity on that stage. Again, always so, so, so important.
1: It's people who know how to dance like that because they grew up dancing yeah. like that. Yeah. Also, this will be the so this will be the first time.
0: Now let's whip off exactly. the longer skirt, and now she's in a mini. Sorry, what were you gonna say? I was gonna
1: say that with she's doing. I like it like that, and then you know, Bad Bunny's coming out. Yeah. I have to hand it to again the directors because let's talk about
0: the fact that is rolling around on stage. Yes, right and now. she's like,
1: oh, she's serving the camera. Yeah, serving she's like, she's check like this ass. What look up? at me. Yep. Look at my. Look That's at my. That's right, that bunny. What? Like they they chose to have them do songs that are not theirs but are really popular, like reggaeton songs. We'll see yeah. it again with J Balvin in in the second act. Uh-huh. But like you know, this is a Cardi B. This Cardi B is known for this. Yeah. But to have Shakira come out and do it yeah. and recognize that like this is a cultural yeah. thing.
0: This is like a ra- a really great example of like artists holding each other up.
1: Yeah. Also, Chantaje is like my, my favorite Shakira song yep. right now.
0: How many times do you listen to this at your desk job?
1: Chantaje? Every, like, every day? Yeah, you do. Yeah, you do, queen. Yeah, you do. like, because Maluma. I mean, there
0: you go. Okay, bad bunny, feel yourself. Yeah. Now, here's what I'm fascinated by.
1: Oh, I just got distracted by the booty.
0: I know. Shakira can articulate her hips in a way that, like, no one else can. I'm certain that if I had more knowledge of belly dancing and salsa and, like, I, I... But... In terms of, like, public figures and movement, like, no one articulates the way that Shakira does. No one. It's amazing. All right. Now, we're at Hips Don't Lie. This bop is 15 years old. Yeah. And what I'm fascinated by is that, like, babies in any school across USA know this song. Like, eight-year-olds now know this song, and they'll freak the fuck out when they hear it.
1: I think it was a missed opportunity to not bring Wyclef out.
0: I agree.
1: So, you know, I, I do want to hold Wyclef space for him. got
0: issues. Let him, be, <laughs> let him be mad. It's like,
1: I do want to hold space Chiquita's for him. Shakira's like, I'm but...
0: over here crowd surfing at the Super Bowl. Don't bother me. And she's all like, no fighting. There oh. it is. Now, you said that's a cultural thing. Yeah. Okay. White people wouldn't Oh, and here we go. Here's the... Here she's she going so, so, so hard. I think a bunch of like old white people just thought it was weird, but Mm -hmm. culturally, like little Latin babies get it. Yeah, they were (laughs) just like, it's not weird. Yeah. Her dancers are going so hard. I love it so much. That's right, Shakira. That's right. All right. Now up comes the Empire State Building. Are we ready?
1: <laughs> oh my god, it is the Empire State Building.
0: <laughs> J Lo's on top of the world, y'all.
1: Have you seen that like uh that little video clip of, of right her, before she yes. goes that she like punches the air?
0: Yep. Where she just runs and like jumps up onto the building and then she's she's there.
1: I forgot how good the beginning of this song is, Jennifer from oh, the so Block, good. where she's talking all her albums and stuff. Ugh.
0: What I love about this era of J Lo, mm-hmm. like all the jams she did with Ja Rule, they mm-hmm. all just had like a real slow groove, you know. Yep. And we like forgot, like she had so many good jams. Ain't that funny? Oh, oh, yeah. See, this is what I mean. Like just that, like sit in the pocket groove, you know. Mm-hmm. Like must be the ass.
1: And here are the gays.
0: Honor your gaze, J-Lo. Know where you came from.
1: Also, like, everyone is serving all the face. All of it. With a cane. Yep. Yeah. Get right.
0: I mean, don't you need to dance with a cane when you're 50 years old? Yeah. Not for the reasons you might think. No. Just to whip your little boy bitches.
1: And you gotta, like, you gotta love the outfits that these men yes. are wearing.
0: Yes, they dress like jesters, like they're her clowns. Yes, they're in half black, half white leather, studded leather. J Lo goes so hard right here.
1: Mm-hmm. Also, beautiful projections.
0: Awesome slide across the stage with yes. a crotch grab. Yes, we are here for that.
1: Yes, that weave is looking delicious.
0: I mean, she has so much hair clips into it, it her head. It is
1: holding up. Here oh, for it. Oh, here, here's where I got my gay ass life You got right your here. whole
0: gay self here.
1: Oh, my God. All
0: right. Now, again, underdress, mm-hmm. quick costume change. Now she is in her silver broken mirror ball hustlers glam. Yes. You get up on that pole like get Jesus. Get up on that
1: pole. She's here like... you go.
0: And hands out. Oh, worship me. Yes. There we are.
1: <laughs> where is my where's my nomination Make noise, my people who's kathy bates i didn't
0: get that oscar nom do we care
1: eat it gag eat it now let us all remember during this she is being held up by the dancers
0: yep who's the dancer that has their hand directly on her ass
1: some hope she's like they all must be gay
0: some homosexual that's like living his best life
1: mm-hmm. because she's like she's holding herself up and people are holding her up.
0: Yeah. Them thighs are holding her up. Mhm. And then and, and then, then we're the floor the falls out from under her. Now, she is standing on two shoulders of gaze and leaning up against Ooh, a pole. There's the puss. And sliding down it. That's so hard. It's so hard.
1: And here's Jay Balvin.
0: Que calor.
1: Got that big booty. Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. Her dancers are going so hard. My love don't cause a thing.
1: Ah, uh, can you imagine what it must have been like to be in that audience? To be one from Miami of this culture, yes, and just feel like completely like yes, this was for
0: us. No, yeah, to feel like insane rep, like so much representation there. Yeah.
1: Oh, here we go. Let
0: she just backed her ass up into his hand. She know what she doing. Yes, mi gente.
1: Hairography. Hairography. Just
0: whip it around, girl.
1: Introduce you to my body people. The gays are back with their Versace
0: harnesses. Yep, gays and straps. Gays and straps. Yes. Josephine, are you going to perform it next year's Super Bowl halftime show? Uh,
1: yes, you bet.
0: Sponsored by Pepsi?
1: Yes, yes. They're all like also have the, oh, I just noticed they all have the same haircut. <laughs> they're
0: all inked too. Yeah. They're inked under their Versace straps.
1: They're all like wearing the like basketball shorts with yeah. tights underneath, which I love. Yeah.
0: What I also love is that a uh, Super Bowl halftime shows, it's really like a showcase of their whole body of work. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where it gets political. We got children in cages, and we feature J Lo's daughter Emmy
1: and the uh, f- the female symbol.
0: The female symbol, so like women holding each other up, but she put babies in cages. And Shakira, there on drums, yep. flexing.
1: Emmy, there reminding you that she is the daughter of Mark Anthony and and J Lo <laughs> and J Lo
0: singing Born in the USA and J-Lo is wearing a furry Puerto Rican flag
1: with an American flag on the back yes
0: now all of ignorant white folks who got super mad that Spanish was being spoken at the Super Bowl were like that's a Cuban flag no it's not the Cuban and the Puerto Rican flags though similar their colors are inverted
1: and just because you know just because it was Miami just
0: because it was Miami and also the American flag was on the other side yeah so, we just had a double booty shake from J-Lo and Shakira, two of the most famous asses in the world. Now, why didn't they sing Africa? I don't
1: know. Well, I mean, we can't, those people's heads would explode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let's speak Spanish and say this time for Africa. I'm like
0: are talking so much shit about white people right now. And like, look I'm at like, <laughs> this little
1: jig that's going on here. Yeah,
0: like, Just straight up. I mean, they are dancing. Yeah, they
1: are. They are dancing. They're
0: still incorporating African dance, even if they're not A- exactly. acknowledging the song.
1: Also acknowledging the roots of, like, you know, Colombia, the slave trade and everything.
0: All right. So here comes Jello with this, like, really famous ensemble of Latin dancers, the Mambo. They're not the Mambo Kings. They have, uh, I have to look up their name later. But they're, like, insanely talented, very, very famous. She talked about them when she went on Fallon. Talked about how, like, they've, like, flipped her upside down and threw her over their shoulders and stuff. And she felt, like, really safe with them. Bam, bam,
1: bam. Let's remind them the booties. Yes.
0: And oh. then, muchas gracias, Shakira. Uh, and there they are in silver and gold. Oh, man. The National Football League. Sponsored Yo. by Pepsi. <laughs> that, listen, sorry, Sevens. That must have been like a chaotic shit show to listen to us talking <laughs> over people. But I'm not sorry about it. We needed that. We needed it. We needed to talk about it as we We were it.
1: watching it this morning to get us in the mood. And we were like, let's just do it. Let's it's so high. It.
0: There's so much to talk about. Yeah. It got really political. I think the aftermath of watching that Like, a lot of people had things to say about, like, oh, they shouldn't have had the babies in cages, et cetera, born in the USA. Springsteen, like, gave his blessing for them to use that song. Well,
1: yeah. I mean, like, like he, you know, that's the first thing. It's like, did he give his blessing? Yeah. He
0: did. He did. And J-Lo said that, like, the next day or something, he called to say it was, like, really great. It made him smile to hear it at the Super Bowl sung in that way. Um, But, oh, God. Like, that was, like, a fire... That halftime show, like, we haven't seen a halftime show like that in a real long time. No,
1: no. Yeah. And now next year we'll probably get, like, you know, Paul McCartney. or <laughs> uh,
0: Yeah. I mean, Gaga put on, like, a real fire halftime show, too.
1: She did, but, like, not, like, to have two legends. That's true. It's you like, know? Like, and,
0: like, the duet of, like, one is not outshining the other, that they are completely equitous in that, and, like, really holding each other up, like... It was just phenomenal. Yeah, I
1: mean, like, because they both had show-stopping moments. Mm-hmm. Like, it wasn't the, it. Shakira did not open for J-Lo. Like, yeah. it was very much, yeah. you know, it was very tonally correct. It totally was. Yep. Yeah, it
0: really was. Oh, God, it was so good. And there have been some misses at the Super Bowl halftime show Yeah, as of late. And we're including Beyonce in that mix.
1: Yes. Con- this is a controversial statement. This is a
0: controversial but statement. But we are in
1: agreement with but this. We yes. are still
0: friends because we're in agreement on this. So, yeah. yeah, the year that Beyonce did it with, like, Coldplay and Maroon 5. And
1: Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars. That
0: made no goddamn sense yeah. at all. Um, the only moment that I appreciated in that was when she came out in formation. hmm You know, but, like.
1: When she, like, tripped and then, like, made it work. Like, yeah. she, like, went back. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Still. It's just it's some years the Super Bowl really misses and this year they just fucking nailed it. Yeah. In a year where football and the National Football League is really controversial and being boycotted right and left and you know and still playing games with Colin Kaepernick and and all of that like, you know, football is losing its Aaron
1: Hernandez documentary on its Netflix. Industry, exactly. Yeah.
0: Um which I don't know anything about. Do you?
1: So it, it's funny because I didn't know anything, but I talked to somebody who, when we when we had met years ago, he was like a football person, and then I asked him. I was like, "Hey, are you going to go watch the Super Bowl uh, on Super Bowl Day?" I saw him and I was like, "Hey, you're going to watch the Super Bowl?" And he said, "No, I'm not," because of like you know all this stuff. And then someone mentioned the Aaron Hernandez documentary, and Aaron Hernandez is a player who um, was I think he was a, he was on trial for murder because he. He, he killed, like, an ex-lover's lover or something uh-huh. like that. But, like, one of the th- – apparently one of the things that comes up is, like, concussion stuff mm-hmm. and all of that. And so, you know, we were – people – he started to see, like, yeah, this just seems, like, unnecessarily barbarous. Uh-huh. Like And it doesn't – there's no reason why I like literally be- ne- needing to uh watch like gladiator sports yes. going on when you know what's happening to mm-hmm. the men that are that are um participating
0: yeah there's that mm-hmm. you know like the, the physicality of what we're doing to these men um and then also like the the institutional racism behind it yeah is yes uh-huh is insane and yeah. Really problematic, and a whole other episode that we could talk about. Yes. Um, so, that being said, I think Shakira and JLo were like both a pretty controversial choice.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Also, a really fucking brilliant choice, being that the Super Bowl was in Miami and to have that kind of yeah. power on stage was just beautiful. Um, all right. More of that. More of that, please. Less of the barbaric. Humans fighting each other.
1: More little gay concerts.
0: Yeah, more little gay concerts. Less of the skull smashing, please. Thanks. Uh, let's talk about Taylor Swift.
1: Yes. <laughs> how is T-Swift? How is Tay-Tay? Okay,
0: so I...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't ignoring you. I just didn't know how to respond. I
0: know. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. So we, we put this documentary on our list, right? Netflix. Like, what is it? America...
1: Americana
0: Americana or Miss, Which
1: is funny cuz like America,
0: America or something like that All American girl or something I don't even I know, know. yes Look it up cuz I don't want to like misquote it. But. So
1: yeah I'll look it up I'll look it up right now
0: But um I had it on our list and I realized Joe will probably not watch it <laughs> And I forget when I had time, but I watched it.
1: Miss Americana.
0: Thank you. I knew it was Miss something. Miss Americana. Now, I take issue with that name. Like, I don't think that Taylor Swift is any kind of Miss America. No. But then watching the documentary, it really journeys her um, her evolution from a good girl who needs to please everybody into somebody who cannot stay silent in country music. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it really does kind of document much in the way that like Dolly Parton's America Mm -hmm. did Mm -hmm. the like need to stay out of politics when you're in country music because you don't want to rile your fan base. You don't want to get upset. Like, you know, you want uh, to please everybody. We all saw what happened to the Dixie chicks who are again, having a moment right now, but we'll talk about that in March. That's in March. That's in March. Um, So, so taylor swift kind of really being like lessons learned from country music uh was like very adamantly staying out of the political scene and like and like refusing to kind of get involved until then she kind of started to see the damage it was doing to people and causes that she really did believe in and so she got very involved and very vocal in the 2016 election um And I don't think, or in the midterm election after 2016, 2018, sorry. Um, So she got really involved in the midterm elections in terms of uh, the senators who were being elected or reelected in her her home state of Tennessee. And um, I didn't realize how much of a, like, controversial thing it was for her to even send out a tweet saying, I support this person or get out and vote. Like until you see the context of it in this documentary, you're like, oh, that was a really big deal for her, you know? Um, and then the aftermath of what that did to the youth vote and everybody voting and how people made a joke of her. But meanwhile, all of her fan base is now of voting age. And, uh, so she really did cause this wave of young voters. Um, and there is so much power in that. Yeah. Yeah. She touches a little bit on like body image, nothing on like her dating life, very little on her mom. Um, but it was really just about like that kind of journey of like, I was this young artist who wanted to please everybody and be a good girl and not get in trouble. And then I have now grown into this person that's like, if you don't like me, that will always bother me, but I don't care. And yeah, here you go.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, the thing is, right, is that, like, she was criticized – she was criticized by some people and uh, some voices on the internet for having – remaining apolitical in 2016. Yeah. And it's interesting because, like, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, you can't it, You're – we're living in a world where, you know – and just kind of what happened with 2016 is that, like, white people are realizing that they can't live apolitical lives mm-hmm. and that everything is political mm-hmm. to a certain extent. So yeah. it, this is it, – it was very – it was a good choice for her to kind of show that process mm-hmm. and um, to essentially really, like, save her f- – fandom because uh-huh. this is a fandom that not only is a voting age, but is also very, is being very critical of the con- of the culture mm-hmm. and it needs to match. That we can't stay silent. Yeah. Exactly. The identity politics of mm-hmm. it So
0: yeah, 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 Um. So yeah, I mean, that's it. There were certain moments where I was texting Joe and I was like, oh, do I love T-Swift now though? And I was like, it
1: was like late at night I looked at it <laughs> and I was like, I don't know what to say.
0: <laughs> Am I a fan of hers I, I, like her as a, I like
1: her as a pop artist. Well,
0: and then that's it too is like some, it gets into some of her development of like, you know, her breath as bread, bread uh, as a songwriter, um, was also something that I wasn't really aware of and kind of, it invites you into her songwriting process and also just the scope of how many songs she's written and how all of her songs for her whole career have been things that she's written. And, um, and so, you know, respect for that. It was cool. It was good. Some of her, some of her songs are bops. You know, some of them are jams I can get behind. I'm not her number one fan. I, you know, but but respect. It was a, yeah. It was a cute documentary. It was cute. Yeah. It, was cute. it, it was made cute. you
1: think something different. It did. Yeah. It
0: definitely did. It kind of gave me a little bit more uh, insight into what that. Snapshot in time was. Um, you asked me how this compares. Yeah, so
1: Uh, how did this compare? There's there people are talking about comparisons of between this and the Lady Gaga documentary. And Uh and in terms of like just the glimpse into who they are as people and as artists. Uh Uh-huh. How does it compare? Um not asking for positive or negative, just how does it compare? No,
0: I think that Gaga's was more about and and now again, I might be the right objective person to talk about this because I kind of don't care about either of them deeply, (laughs) deeply. Yes. (laughs) Um, I respect both of them, but I, you know, I'm, I'm ambivalent. Um, Gaga's I think felt a little more honest in terms of who she as a person is Mm -hmm. because it dove really deeply into her illness, her chronic pain, um, and how she pushed us through that and also then walked her through her Super Bowl performance, right? Um, and yeah, yeah, I don't know. Taylor Swift was more about like, am I brave enough to send this tweet? Yeah. I don't know. You know? Um, so it just, I think Gaga's felt a little deeper, a little mm-hmm. more honest to me.
1: The, the celebrities are just like us. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
0: What did you hear from people?
1: Well, I heard that like it was definitely the Taylor one was more like polit, like was more socially based as opposed to the Gaga one, which was just like intensely personal. Yeah. So exactly that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. 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 All right. Good. I'm, you know, I'm sticking with the norm. There you go. All right. Um, we need to talk about High Fidelity on Hulu. Okay. Okay. What do you know about it?
1: High Fidelity on Hulu. It's a series. Hulu original. Yes. Zoe Kravitz.
0: Original is questionable. Yeah. <laughs> Continue. <laughs>
1: um, and it's uh, based off of the... Um, it's based off of... Well, it, Nick Hornby, right, is the novelist, right? Mm-hmm. So Nick Hornby wrote the novel that the film is based off of, which was the John Cusack film. Correct. About a... Man who is a uh, record store record owner. Store owner. Uh-huh. Top five where we get our top five. Uh-huh. like so.
0: Yeah. Okay. So Nick Hornby's book, High Fidelity, is like mm-hmm. one of my favorite novels ever. Okay. And I've read it multiple, multiple times. Um, it was then later adapted. And the novel is set in, uh, in England. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was adapted to Chicago because John Cusack does all of his films in Chicago. Yep. The majority. Um, and... So it was adapted to a Chicago setting, um, when it was made into a film starring John Cusack and, and a very, very young Jack Black. It was Jack Black's, I think, first feature film.
1: Yes. He was, he was also in the record store, right? Yeah.
0: He was one of the record store employees. Um, Barry. And also one of my favorite movies, like really, really beautiful, so the fact that they are reinventing this as a Hulu series with Zoe Kravitz, now I'm like, okay, I'll watch anything Zoe Kravitz does mm-hmm. for her cheekbones alone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes.
1: I would do it for her eyes.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm here. She got
1: Lisa Bonet's eyes.
0: She does. Yeah. But I'm here for her cheekbones. Mm-hmm. I'm fascinated with that. Utterly fascinated with her bone structure. Anyway. Um, the Hulu mini-series, mini-series? No, series. 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 Is not original. It is almost an exact carbon copy with gender switch uh, from the movie. and okay. And made episodic.
1: Okay. So, this is, is this completely different from the Four Weddings and a Funeral? Yes.
0: Okay. Four Weddings and a Funeral took the concept of the movie and made it an original series. That was original. Okay. High Fidelity is nah. like, there is so much that is, like, word for word from the movie put into an episode. Mm. There are, like, cinematic things from the movie that they put right into the series. You know, like, the thought process of all the things I should have said. Like, John Cusack has this whole... um, uh thing where Tim Robbins has a feature in the movie, and he comes into the record store and wants to have this like Zen peace talk with rob and um and so John Cusack goes through this whole thought process of all the things he should have said, and it plays out like over and over and over again, you know before he just walks out and says goodbye, you know, and you know all the things we should have said, like the film reel that plays yeah, in yeah, all yeah. over our heads, so they like legit recreate like all of that with her um. There's a lot. They just gender switch a lot of it. Hmm. Okay. So like the Barry character that was played by Jack Black is now played by a black woman Mm -hmm. in the the shop. Um, The um, Barry. And then there's another record store employee too. I'm forgetting his name. He is now played by um, one of her gay exes. You know, Mm. but the whole concept of the movie is that his, he goes through his top five breakups and like his top five all time breakups. And he tries to figure out what's wrong with him that all these women have left him. Right. Yeah. Um, they cover all of that in one episode in the series instead of like throughout. Um, and so it's more about, you know, they just, they structure it a little bit differently, but it's all like, it's all the same. It's all the blueprint is right there. Yeah. So I take issue with them calling it an original series. It's not original. Hmm. Okay am I wasn't super mad at it, hmm
1: but is Zoe bringing it? She is okay she
0: is she's great. I just yeah, I'm a purist,
1: yeah, yeah. well that's fair if yeah. it's it's something again, it's like uh Joshua talks about this on um on Fright School a lot, where it's like you know if you're gonna adapt something from a novel, mm-hmm. if you're gonna adapt something specifically if you're gonna adapt something from a novel, why are you gonna change things around mm-hmm. um he's the opposite thing. It's like, I want to know, I want to see how you're going to do it. Uh But in this situation, it's like, they didn't adapt a novel. They adapted a screen.
0: They adapted the movie. That's my issue with it. I loved what they did between the book and the movie high fidelity. Mm -hmm. Like I thought that those changes were, were really brilliant. And I thought that it was, it was true to the, the heart of the book, but you know, the changes that they made were intentional and good and all of that. What they have done from taking a movie, that movie and putting it into a series doesn't really feel like the movie didn't really feel like it needed to be updated. The movie feels felt to me current and present already, you know, in a way that I don't, I don't know. I just didn't feel like it needed it yet. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I take issue. Yeah. (laughs) I went into it super skeptical. I was like, eyebrow raise. We're going to figure out what this is. I don't know, but I'm here for Zoe Kravitz. I don't think that she makes stupid choices. And so I watched it, and it was, you know, it was. It's an enjoyable series. It's enjoyable. I just know, but as yeah, like too much of the history. Exactly, of the story. as
1: someone who, as someone who, like, this is a cultural touchstone for you. This for is on a yes. type five list for you. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And that's completely fair. I yeah. mean, everything we say on this in the show is valid and fair, but you yes, know, yeah. yes,
0: because none of what we talk about is rooted in fact. No. <laughs>
1: It's almost like we work for the government. It is.
0: <laughs> I mean, we just basically talk out of our asses at you for a whole hour. Enjoy. Uh, let's talk about West Side Story on Broadway right now.
1: Yeah. So, uh, Ivo van Hove, who is the Belgian, the director of this current incarnation of West Side Story, um, it opened on Broadway this uh, in February. Mm -hmm. And it was a very (laughs) – so they had a very long and interesting journey to Broadway. Mm -hmm. Um, And we're doing – we're talking about West Side Story in the context of also this uh, 60 Minutes feature that that they did where they went in – they started – they had unprecedented access, started in October of when – of last year, 2019 – and in from the rehearsal space, f- starting from, like, the sits probe to the final dress, getting on in, them into the space. And so we're talking about it because, one, this is a very much anticipated revival. Um, and also there have been some changes to the show. So now it's a 90-minute show.
0: Also, mm-hmm. it was West Side Story, we should say, mm-hmm. is one of the classic musicals in the canon of American mm-hmm. musical theater mm-hmm. that is remounted fairly regularly yes this was just produced like just recently produced in 2008
1: yes the um that was the uh
0: the one with karen olivo yes who where who won
1: who won for anita
0: and that was the one where uh, lin-manuel miranda redid or he wrote a lot of the lyrics so that there, it was a bilingual production mm-hmm. it was the first bilingual production they had done of it
1: yes so, so in this particular production with Sondheim, and we you know, Stephen Sondheim is also there, um, mm-hmm. giving his blessing as well. It's now ninety minutes, so this is a ninety-minute production. They've removed some of the numbers. I feel
0: pretty is gone. Yeah,
1: right? I feel pretty is gone. I believe um, there's another one that's also gone. But like, I feel pretty. Um, is this ninety
0: minutes? No ins? No na- intermission. No
1: ninety minutes. No intermission. It's supposed to be fast-paced, moving. Um, they have done away with. Uh, The Jerome Robbins choreography. Ugh, I take so much issue with that. You should, I'll have to find it so that way you can watch the feature because they do sit with the choreographer Mm -hmm. and talk about it. And and the reporter brings that up with Evo. He's like, you know, the snapping is iconic. And Mm -hmm. then he's like, but that's not in the script. That's a choice that Mm -hmm. Jerome Robbins made. So, you know they wanted to really bring, and the cast is like of the 53 cast members, 33 are making Broadway debuts. Yeah, that's So huge. it's like, it's a young cast, all of whom are all being, um, who are new to Broadway in general, but like they, the, the choreographer, she's like, oh, you know, we need to have them move the way young people move. Mm. So in addition to her choreography, they also brought in like two Latin dance experts, mm-hmm. two Latin dance choreographers as well. And, and, It's fascinating because, like, the... So it's just going to be like an empty black box, and then a lot of cameras
0: tons of projections, and no. we've talked about how I feel about that yes
1: there's cam- there's projections, but there's also like live cameras on stage mm-hmm. and then the bedroom scene, everything in maria's bedroom is taking place in like a secret set that is happening live, but it's nearby mm. it's like it's it, they they showed it in the interview It's mm-hmm. like it's like uh Shereen Pimentel who plays Maria and then Isaac Cole Powell, who plays Tony they were giving uh 60 minutes this like okay so here is where here's where all the action of maria's bedroom takes place and he and the reporter says like is this theater is this filmmaking and they were like well can it be both like this is you're we're using this is happening in real time this is happening live here's our little set Mm -hmm. it's gonna function like a film set but this is happening in the same moment Mm -hmm. and then it goes they also evo is like blocking it out and it's like okay you're in the he, you see him directing a little bit but it's fascinating because like cameras are also on stage so they're like zooming in and doing close ups of people that are actually happening doing the mm-hmm. action there as well and it was and then you know again just so the staging changes to the changes to the actual show itself you know did they are, cover the are happening it? so they did so okay. Uh, in addition to like Isaac Cole Powell was out for 2 weeks because he had like a severe knee injury mm-hmm. their original rift dislocated his, soldier, his shoulder mm-hmm. um
0: very soon in yes
1: and then had to be completely replaced uh-huh. by his by an understudy who like you know like who, who like yeah. changes it because the jets are not all white Mm-hmm. The Jets are like diverse. There's like black and um, well, Isaac Powell. Exactly, not all exactly. Yeah. And then the um, the Sharks are not all Puerto Rican. Mm-hmm. They're also of different Latinx origins. Yeah. But specifically with the Sharks, the actor who plays um, uh, who plays oh my god I'm escaping Anita's brother. Bernardo. Bernardo, thank you. Who's playing Bernardo was at the center of a huge controversy regarding yes. um uh regarding some me too. Um, me too me too uh accusations in terms of uh like um,
0: He was fired from the was, New York City Ballet.
1: Exactly. He was fired and then um was reinstated and Scott Rudin actually is on the interview and he says like, you know, they didn't they did an they did a investigation, found there was no reason for the finding He was reinstated i 'm not going to like am I going to fire him no he like straight up says point blank i 'm not going to fire him mm-hmm. and that's been like that 's been sending shock waves among everybody it
0: has and from the first preview mm-hmm. of this production, there have been protesters outside of the theater. Every single day. Yeah. So it's happening at the Broadway theater, which is like right across the street from the Winter Garden in Times Square, like in the heart of Times Square. It's on Broadway. It's not off of like 45th Street. It's not like in some side out. Like it is right there. It's like next to the Ed Sullivan Theater. Wow. And there have been protesters outside every single show because they have a known predator on stage and they're celebrating him making his debut. Yeah. Yeah. And again we talk about the fact that like when things like this happen the woman who was victimized basically he the accusation was that he had um posted nude he had dated had a relationship with this woman and then like Posted nude photos of her and exploited her like mm-hmm. across the internet or sold photos of her or something. It's, that it's like
1: on the revenge porn. Yeah. 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 Yeah, mm-hmm.
0: yeah. Um, So, you know, like the, the trauma of this protest coming up and him being back in the news for all of this stuff is like really then re-traumatizing her and mm-hmm. that whole experience as well. So the fact that like, West Side story getting a whole giant facelift and feeling so brand new is now kind of being overshadowed by this controversy um is you know
1: mm-hmm.
0: awful, yeah um yeah,
1: and it's again it's the the question that always that always comes up is that what do we do with what do we do with monstrous men participating in art that is important, like important pieces of art. So
0: people have been boycotting, people have been returning their tickets, people have not been showing up and who Mm -hmm. knows.
1: Yeah. Which is like heartbreaking because this is a very,
0: and for the other 33 people who are making their Broadway debuts right now. Exactly. Yeah. It's being overshadowed by that. And so as a producer on that, you would have to think, well, like if there's this one actor, this one artist who's at the heart of this controversy, that's affecting the success of 55 other people. Eliminate that one person, right? But if they're standing firm by him and saying, "No, we will not fire him,"
1: I thought that was very. I, I was actually really shocked that he yeah. like, went up there and was like, "No, I'm not going to fire him." And I'm like, It's "Ballsy! Wow, okay, all yeah. right,
0: all right, Scott but, Rudin." <laughs> but then that also makes me not want to purchase a ticket for that. You know what I mean? Yeah. To be like, "Wow, cool, okay, then we know where you stand and and that you, you know." You're cool with this overshadowing exactly. success of the rest of your ensemble. Like you've That's made hard. You,
1: you've made your choice. now I will it's up to me and the rest of the viewing audience to make it. yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I take issue with a lot of that. I also take issue with a lot of the the choices, the updated choices that I've read about into and all the things that you've just talked about. Mm-hmm. Like it makes me not want to watch the sixty minutes document or the sixty minutes feature. And I just again i am a purist. I like know and love and live inside the Jerome Robbins Choreo and I don't I don't really need to see it any other way. I also really hate the idea of it being in ninety minutes with no intermission. Like this is Romeo and Juliet. That is not a 90-minute story. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, West Side Story is West Side Story because it's so, so epic and so grand. And, you know, there's, I don't know. Maybe I'm just old and crotchety. I don't want things remade anymore.
1: You know what? I mean, I, I, so if you go on YouTube, they, they don't have the full, you have to actually have like C V S all access or find it on demand somewhere, but to watch the actual 60 minutes episode. But then they did some extra interviews with Sondheim mm-hmm. that, um, are on YouTube. And so Sondheim is giving his two cents about like, you know, again, the idea that theater is a living, breathing organism. And yes.
0: And I agree with that. And so I, I appreciate like, a. Yeah. I do appreciate when shows are given new life. Mm-hmm. I like much like with High Fidelity. I don't feel like this was given new life. You know, High Fidelity was not new life. Um, I and maybe this is a brand new facelift for for West Side Story. I don't know. I loved Oklahoma and what they had done with that last month. We talked about it, but. Meh. I don't know. I, well, just, I, mean, I have no desire to see it. I think especially exactly. given the surrounding controversy, it yeah. makes me not want to see there's, it. If
1: there's already these barriers yeah. that things that you're already not going to see, then it's not something that yeah. you, you
0: know. When things like this happen, though, it's it becomes a larger national conversation. You know, there are a okay. lot of people mm-hmm. who are talking about what's happening on Broadway. And normally Broadway is a pretty isolated industry specific to new york but when people across the country know what's going on because of this controversy you know it's both drawing attention to the show and in both positive and negative ways Mm -hmm. so there's that yeah there it is again we don't have answers to these things we can only loosely factually report out on them um Do you want to talk about Zoe's Extraordinary (laughs) Playlist?
1: Yes, I do.
0: Um, Tell me about these things, Josephine. So
1: Zoe's Extraordinary Playlist is a new musical television show on NBC. Network television. Network
0: television for the people.
1: Network television for the people. So um, it stars Jane Levy as... uh, Zoe, who is... Any a,
0: relation to Dan Levy and Eugene?
1: I don't think so. No, okay. N- no. Um, so, Jane Levy, who is, like, you know, a fairly well-known TV actress. So, uh, she her first, her breakout role was in uh, suburbatory, uh, suburbatory. What is that? With, um... It was, uh like, she was in Suburban Purgatory with Jeremy Sisto on, on ABC oh. a while back. So, anyway... I don't even know what that is. Long story long, Jane Levy is this, um, she's a, like, works in tech in San Francisco, Bay Area. And she gets an MRI and is very, um, is very concerned. Um, Something happens while she's getting an MRI. And so all of, like, music, like, playlists from, like, Spotify are now in her head. So one of her power, it's now become her special power since then, that she hears the internal monologues of people and their thoughts based on popular, on pop music. Mm -hmm. So all of the music is covers and, you know, she's like, she like goes in and she sees this guy who's singing Mad World and then realizes that, oh, he's singing Mad World because he's dealing with losing his father mm-hmm. um and it's got skylar astin who's in it and it's uh, from pitch yeah it's pitch perfect it's got alex newell from glee Mom, and um what's the island it's got um <laughs> it's got uh lauren graham Lorelai gilmore herself hey, playing no. the boss of the playing the head of like the division jane's boss mm. and it also has mary steenburgen and um uh oh my god Peter Gallagher. Oh. So the other thing is that her father um, is Peter Gallagher. And Peter Gallagher has, like, he has this disease where he's basically, like, catatonic. Like, he's just kind of there. And so her power is actually giving her her father back. Oh, wow. It's very heartwarming. But it's also just like, you know, I mean... It's exactly what you would think. Mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if this is going to make it past mm-hmm. <laughs> past the first season. Okay. I really hope that they give you a complete thought and then hopefully set things up for the future. But, you know, if Are not. Are you
0: enjoying it?
1: I am enjoying it. Um, but, again, like, it's one of those things where it's like I'm not watching live. I'm letting, like, episodes build and then binging. Got it. Because, like, that just seems like too much uh-huh. of a commitment for me to watch live. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a fun show. And I, again, to me, Jane Levy can do no wrong. Mm-hmm. Skylar Aston plays like her work friend who is secretly very much in love with her. Mm-hmm. And so, it, yeah,
0: speaking of Skylar Aston, his yeah. ex wife, Anna Camp, Anna Camp mm-hmm. is in that show with Bradley Whitford. Yeah.
1: Perfect Harmony.
0: Perfect Harmony. And you and I have talked about this, both Perfect Harmony and Almost Family we're like two network shows that we like started watching, yeah, and, and then, then we gave up on.
1: Which I'm I'm dangerously close. We're like three episodes in, and I'm dangerously close with to giving so, up on. Yeah, maybe. because I feel like I don't know what it is. I don't know what it says about me, but or just our culture in general. But like, it's getting. Uh, there's no such thing anymore as appointment viewing. Like, yeah, like appointment viewing. Only for, like, uh, reality shows. But, like...
0: For me, it's only for award shows, really. See... Election coverage. (laughs) And that's it.
1: Yeah, that's the thing. It's, like, there's no such thing as, like, appointment viewing. We stay home. We know... If you missed it, you missed it. Mm -hmm. You have to catch it. Videotape, whatever. Yeah. So, like, I feel... Like, just like with Us, just like with Designated Survivor, these shows that were, like, super long, you know, if you give a full, you use the full 60 minutes, no ad breaks, give you 10 good episodes, and that's it. And then you just go about and you make something else. Uh So, I don't know. We'll see.
0: I will say I'm still watching This Is Us. I'm still watching Grey's Anatomy. I watch Station 19. I'm here for Shondaland. I'm here for it. Are you
1: watching the Station 19 in Texas or the or Station
0: 19 is a it's a Grey's spinoff?
1: Is then but they didn't they? Oh no, that's nine one one. That's That's nine one one. Sorry.
0: Yeah. Um. So I'm watching. Um. Yeah, those are I think are like the the big ones. But again, Hulu I watch them next day or later yeah. in the week when I, I can watch them commercial free because yep. exactly there is no such thing as appointment viewing anymore.
1: I watch what I watch Superstore.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I watch um, Modern Family.
0: Yep, Modern Family I watch too. Which I is watch ending. Blackish. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, Do you watch the other ish? Do you watch Grownish? Do you watch uh, Mixed Dish? Grownish
0: is one that I started and gave up on. Mm-hmm. Mixed Dish is one that I started and am soon to be giving up on. <laughs> Though I love Tracy Ellis Ross and Mark Paul Gossler is in that as her father. Zach Morris is in there as her father. Uh, so the the casting is is really brilliant. In
1: who plays the mother?
0: Uh, an actress who I do not know. Because her like name. I
1: think it's Ava um Ava Ava, Ava Ava Davery Smith?
0: No, no, no. Well that's the, who plays her in, Ava Duverney Smith plays her mother in real in life. Yeah in blackish, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But in um,
1: mixed mixed-ish, dish
0: she does not. Though I will say Mariah Carey did the theme song for Mixed Ish. Oh and I'm so, so here for it, Yeah. Um Mariah Carey just and also she talks a lot about how Kenya um or Kenya
1: uh, Barris. Barris. Thank yeah. you.
0: Um, you know, brought her on to do the theme song for Mixed-ish and like what that meant to Mariah Carey having grown up as a mixed kid, you know, like was was really great for her to, to mm-hmm. be a part of that. And so if you follow like Mariah's Insta, she like, she promoted that show. She promoted the shit out of that show. Because um, she herself. <laughs> Exactly. I yeah. that was her childhood story. I will say Mixed Dish is really good for, like, the 80s references. Okay. It's it's on for that. But it's, like, meh. Mm. It's not enough.
1: All of this to say, dear listener, Sevens, all of this to say is that, like, you know, this network television is really... Is, it's
0: a dying art form.
1: It's a dying art form right now. And, you know, you you rarely have these things. I mean, like... um. The shows that I live for that are, like, not network TV, I mean, not network TV, but just, like, not on a streaming service, I all consume those shows on Hulu the next day. Mm -hmm. So it's not – I'm not waiting around.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: I'm living my life.
0: I'm I'm living my life. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) All right. Um, I am going to talk about our next agenda item and try and talk about this without crying. I'm going to talk about To Kill a Mockingbird on Broadway. Um, moved its show to Madison Square Garden. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are not New Yorkers, I'm going to explain this to you. So to kill a mockingbird.
1: (laughs) Hold on. Get the accent. You have the nail.
0: (laughs) I have a nail. I I sound the way I sound, Josephine. Shut up. Do you have your metro card? Call me Joe Pesci again. (laughs) See what happens. (laughs) See what happens. All right. So here's the deal. To kill a mockingbird was uh, obviously a famous novel adopted by Aaron Sorkin for Broadway. Um it is going up at the Schubert theater on forty fifth street. Um, so that theater ho- uh, that houses about fourteen hundred 1400 seats fourteen sixty to be precise um, one thousand four hundred and sixty seats. Madison Square Garden is a sports arena in Midtown on 34th Street. So to move a show, like, out of its home where it's built is a huge undertaking as is. But to adapt a Broadway play, which is in a small contained house, and to move it to an arena that seats 18,000 is a completely different art form. Um, So what they did was... um, They decided that uh, New York City public school students were... They were going to give the opportunity for New York City public school students to see To Kill a Mockingbird for free. Madison Square Garden, which is where the Knicks play, which is where Billy Joel has his standing, you know, once a month, (laughs) like, standard standing Mm -hmm. concert series. It's a hugely famous venue. Um, And it's right there in Penn Station, in Midtown. Uh, They decided to rent or to give... To Kill a Mockingbird, the the space, rent-free for three days. Three days. Mm-hmm. Um, to move their Broadway show in. So basically, I pulled up an article on this because that's insane. And I want to just kind of like the logistics of how they did this is just insane. Um, they had to restage it they kind of had to like recreate the set right because the set is a movable thing it moves from front porch into the courtroom and back to the front porch and all of that and those set pieces fly in and out when they moved it into the Madison Square Garden arena they had to like expand it all so that it's one still set right Mm -hmm. so on one side in the round they have the courtroom and on the other side they have the front porch And so throughout this, they had to have cameras panning around the stage so that it could also be projected onto the big screens. Um, They had one rehearsal day in that space. Wow. One rehearsal day. Like, fucking mind-blowing. Insane. Um, And then the actual day of happened on February 26th. Um, Students from New York City's five boroughs... Um, came into Madison Square Garden, many of whom had read the book, um, but all of them got to see it for free, and it obviously 18,000 doesn't cover every New York City public school, so it was like a first-come, first-serve situation, but schools that got in got to bring their students for free to see a Broadway play. For many of them, it was their first Broadway play. <sighs> so they walked in, like they saw this show, which is an incredible, incredibly beautiful show to begin with Mm -hmm. to see it on that scope and scale. And then to hear the actors talk about what that experience was like for them was like, it's so, so, so emotional because as a kid who grew up in New York, as somebody who had the privilege to see New York theater several times a year, always once a year, you know, it's, it's something that we, we as New Yorkers take for granted. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so to remember that students need access is a really important thing. And so um, the actors, Mayor de Blasio declared it To Kill a Mockingbird Day. Uh, Spike Lee came out and spoke to the audience before the show, and he said that his mother used to drag him to Broadway plays, and, and he talked about the importance of somebody in this audience is going to want to be an actor. Someone in this audience is going to want to be a playwright or a director and to follow your dreams and, like, to speak to students at that level is just like killing me, killing me. So, um, all of the actors talked about how like in a venue like Madison square garden, the absolute silence during scenes that were full of tension, like the, during the, the, um, the courtroom scene and the racial injustice and think like things that are so timely and so, so incredibly timeless. Um, Uh, They just said that it was like it was kind of almost like being at a rock concert, too, because like when the kids like cheered for moments, you know, it was like they don't get that kind of applause when you're in a fourteen hundred seat theater. Yeah. And the whole experience changes for an actor and also, you know, for an audience member when you move it into an arena like that. So it was a huge, huge, huge victory for um, for Broadway and for MSG. Uh, Bartlett Sher directed it and he said that throughout the event um, he like circled the entire stage just looking like a worried coach the whole time. And he said after after it was over, he felt relieved because they had only had uh, eight hours a week. Mm -hmm. Um, What did he say? He said the room is so big. I wasn't sure we were going to reach everybody. He explained that he and the cast only had eight hours a week for five weeks to completely reconceive the show. They had just one day to rehearse at MSG. The venue provided the space rent-free for three days, for the three days that it took to load in, rehearse, and perform. That's it. In and out. Wow. That's like an almost unspeakable feat. So, it was just, when that story hit, I was like, Thrilled to be a New Yorker, thrilled to have come from New York theater, and, like, thrilled for the students who got to see that. Because not only did they get to see theater, they got to see really good quality, beautiful theater that looks like them, that feels like them, and that is both classic literature and also something that's incredibly timely, so... And I can't believe I was just able to talk about that without weeping.
1: Do you think that that this opens the gate for more?
0: They're hoping that it will. They're hoping that MSG will open its doors to do like, you know, I don't know if that's something they can do annually, but they're hoping that it opens the door for future plays. It was the first time that a play, straight play, was ever performed at Madison Square Garden. Ever. That's huge. So huge huge win for the arts Mm, there we go there it is so that was happening in february
1: that was enough for just this episode (laughs) y'all
0: it was it It really was um okay rupaul had a big month yeah (laughs) talk to me about it so in
1: advance of the well
0: let's start with snl yeah
1: so snl so rupaul Hosted Saturday Night Live, talking about New York City institutions. Mm-hmm. RuPaul hosted Saturday Night Live, which was which was fine. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> that was a very fine performance. Mm-hmm. I thought that you know RuPaul did exactly what RuPaul does. It
0: was fun. Yeah,
1: it was fun. It was just like you know it
0: was fun. It was campy. It was like for people who don't watch Drag Race, there mm-hmm. was all of the vernacular there for mainstream television, right? Yeah. How we read, how the library is open. And the library
1: is open. Yeah. And again And again, this is another great example of, you always got to look at what's cut
0: for time. That was it. The <laughs> dynasty. <laughs> the dynasty yes! one. Yeah, the cut for time. Yes,
1: oh, where God. they're like coal miners having these, di- <sighs> like, you know.
0: I mean, that was fucking brilliant. Also
1: a huge, like, a beautiful tribute to... Um, Alexis Carrington. He, and Diane Carroll. Yeah. Yes, yeah. like, just... Yeah. Again, and you know, hearing so on the on a, the on the recent most recent episode of, of after their hiatus of Les Culturistas, the podcast that's co-hosted by Bowen Yang, who is on SNL,
0: mm-hmm.
1: he actually goes into talking about what it was like to uh, work to, that week at SNL with RuPaul there yeah. and what it meant to him being a young yeah. queer kid. What did he say? He said that, like, he said that usually pitch days are, like, really, you know, just very chill, som like, not somber, just, like, really chill. The 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 host is there. They do everything in Lawrence's office, and it's, you know, there's no big fan fear about it. It happens every week. Uh-huh. But when RuPaul was there, RuPaul was like, oh, hey, child, like, you know, yeah. greeting everybody, and he stood outside the door, looked at another writer, and was like, I can't do it. I can't go in there. Because he was just like, really? that's RuPaul, and... RuPaul means so much to me in this way and mm-hmm. and then when he went up there and he finally met RuPaul RuPaul knew exactly who he was <gasps> and and there was like he said that there were many moments of people going ah like very yeah. very much screaming cuz RuPaul knew exactly who certain people were in the room That's and what they meant like he knew he called out 80 Bryant for shrill like he was yes. just like he knew these people
0: so I mean, like, RuPaul, we yeah. forget because RuPaul's so campy, we forget how fiercely intelligent he is. Yeah. Yeah, he knows. Does he his is homework up on his references yeah. for sure.
1: And so it was interesting to kind of see to hear him talk about that and what that means for the cast and how he like put in the most time he had ever. He like would leave. He left work at like six in the morning one of the days because yeah. he was just there grinding because he he needs to happen because yeah. this could be the only time that it happens and if it's good enough it could happen again yeah. with RuPaul yeah, so. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. I love that! It Yay. was it was
1: fun. I thought like my yeah. favorite sketch was obviously the San Diego Public Library yes. reading
0: fun, um, so fun
1: reading the and just like I thought like oh my god, RuPaul's gonna read children and no, it was like I thought it was a good spin. I'm like no, RuPaul's gonna read these classic children's books. Yeah.
0: It was great. Uh, yeah. It was really great. I loved the promos for the week. Yes. with RuPaul mm-hmm. where the commercials were like just the cast completely fucking fangirling over him and just being like, "Oh my god, RuPaul's talking about the way that I'm walking and oh my mm-hmm. god, you know, like just fucking every like showing the the caliber of his his cultural status yep. and celebrity you know, is, is real huge.
1: Yeah. We got a lot of like, we got a lot of Ego Odom too. We got like Uh Thirsty Cops. Uh We got, you know, the charades bit I thought was really hilarious. Yes, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It was not only like a fun night for drag culture, but also for black culture. And I think anytime you have, um, you have a black host who is like in the same way that we had. Um, like when Aquafina hosted, you know what I mean? Like the ways that we get to kind of highlight our cast members, you know, and like bring that into light, which is why charades was like
1: mm-hmm.
0: such a fun moment too, you yeah. know?
1: I mean, and you know, Justin
0: Bieber was the guest. Yeah. That made no <laughs> fucking sense to me. I'm glad you brought that up because yeah. why is he still a thing?
1: I, I couldn't even tell you. But he uh, he looked like he was like an escaped Here's
0: what I don't get. Here is like the great juxtaposition of Justin Bieber to me. He looked like a weird, like, you know, almost, I don't know, creepy dude in a van, you know, like with Mm. his like weird little skinny mustache. Mm -hmm. But he's up there still boy banding it and like dancing to songs like yummy Mm. and dancing like, Ah. uh, oh, sorry. I guess like, I can't. And I'm like, but you're still singing like a teenage boy. And you 're dancing like a teenage boy,
1: but you but you, you got that yummy yum. yeah. <laughs> like
0: you're married and you look like a gross pedophile right now, so like it was so it was so off color for me. I was not having it. It was
1: stuck in my head for a little bit and I just like the I yeah. just hit what he's saying about like you've got that yummy yummy and I'm like yeah. Gross. God gross.
0: I'm like if you're a married ass man right now can, yeah. can you grow up a little Don't show he... us how you've grown. Yeah. Because I just feel like if he wants to look the way he wants to look cool you do you but then like you do you, your boo. music should evolve with you. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. And also Agreed. why did we pair Bieber with RuPaul why
1: could we have could we have picked anyone else any okay. kind
0: of gay icon give us give us meet. someone
1: homosexual give us a give queer us a person sam
0: smith give us a gaga give us anybody who's having a moment right exactly, now. exactly
1: give us sam give give us a hayley kyoko who's gay jesus right now yeah. give us anybody
0: anyone yeah so beaver just felt like an off-color choice that no. night anyway ruPaul's drag race season 12 premiered On the Ah. last day of February. I am
1: American. American.
0: First of all, it's... The season premiere part one. Yes. We have only met half of our queen.
1: Yes. Which Michelle did bring up. It was like, you know, when there's all of you, we don't get to know you. But now we get to know you. It's true. And I was like, ooh, that's true, it's girl. true.
0: We got that one queen who talks about being Persian every five seconds. Yes.
1: Jackie Cox.
0: Yes. I'm here for her. Yeah. We're here for Jackie Cox and her, her three o'clock shadow. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, when, when her Michelle, noon o'clock shadow. when when Michelle brought that up, she was like, "This is going to be your struggle, girl," and I'm like, "Oh God, now we're going to hear." She's
0: right though. The whole storyline right. is going to be about like how much. The I'm second make she sure. said it, I was like, "Oh yeah, I see it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah,
1: yeah." Either that, or she's going to make it a part of the aesthetic. She'd be. I a, mean,
0: she should. Yeah, yeah. why not? Um who are the other queens that you're feeling from the first from, episode? From,
1: we're only talking about the first episode. So um, I have to say that I am here for Britta.
0: And why would that be, Josephine? Because Britta
1: is from, Britta's father is from the kingdom of Tonga. The which kingdom. Is, which is from, which is a Pacific island. So she is yes. a Pacific island queen. So you,
0: you feel kin?
1: I feel akin to her. Plus, like, I, you know, she is, she is definitely a known Queen mm-hmm. in Nueva York mm-hmm. you know she, her full name which of course they can't air for copyright purposes is Britta Filter mm-hmm. um so they can't ever they can't air the whole thing but Britta is like and I thought like okay she she was what I wanted Alexis Michelle to be
0: okay you know because yeah.
1: she's like she I, she was huge big personality super Like, super gregarious. And I was like, I'm here for all of this. Plus, she's a big girl who knows her dimensions. Uh She knows how to dress herself. Mm -hmm. And I really appreciated that a lot.
0: Yeah. 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 I am here for Widow.
1: Of course. Well, I'm also here for Widow, too. But, you know. Here
0: for her. We love her. She is
1: not not here to make friends. She's not here
0: to make friends. Yeah. But she is here to snatch everything up.
1: Yes. She did a great job.
0: And she crushed it.
1: She sure did. She's like
0: snatching it without any apologies. She's like, Wanna see how skilled I am? Here you go. Bam, bam, bam. Yeah. Love her. Do you know who
1: else like so this was a twist? The lip sync was not a lip sync for your life, it was a for your legacy. Yes. For a five thousand dollar tip. And Gigi Good, who like, you know, is this Instagram look queen,
0: I thought funny. she did she was Got super funny. Champs. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: She had a point of view the entire song yes. that wasn't just like, you know, I mean, Widow turned it the fuck out. Uh-huh, but uh-huh. Gigi Good kinda held her own. You there were moments where I couldn't stop looking at her.
0: I need to talk about Heidi. Uh.
1: <laughs> I thought you wanted to talk about Crystal Method, but... No.
0: <laughs> no. I need to talk about Heidi. So
1: talk about Heidi in Closet. Heidi
0: in Closet. From
1: North Oh <laughs> uh,
0: First of all, I think it's funny that, like, RuPaul and Michelle and everyone on the panel really took issue with her name. Because it's a... An- it's a negative mm-hmm, mm-hmm. connotation, and it's poor for their culture. You know yeah. what I mean? So, like, they're going to really encourage her to change her name. And who was the guest judge that week? It was it was Nikki Nicki Minaj, Minaj. And she was like, Slayana. And they were like, that should be her name. Yeah. Should be. Nicki Minaj fucking named you? Yeah. Own that shit. Own the name. Heidi and Closet. Girl, and also
1: talking about how like she is like Girl. with the with the the down low brothers, you know the mm-hmm. undercover brothers. I was like, ah, no, bad look. Yes. I mean, you know, you live in North Krakalaka where the chickens outnumber the people, but yeah. that's still not a good look. Girl, she
0: said something too that like I forgot what she said in passing, but oh my, I was watching this with a friend and we were dead just because it was so dumb it was like she she has she's going to be the queen who has all of the sequence mm-hmm. you know moments she's going to have all of those real dumb moments i'm here for it
1: yeah her wig was bad on the runway
0: her wig was bad the, her, her runway when the 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 mm-hmm. piece fell off and she was yeah. like oh you saw my civil rights hair <laughs> yeah. we were like <laughs> So bad. (laughs) But she kept going. She She was like,
1: I am stomping the yard out of here. She did. She did. Oh, man. Oh, my God. Uh, Crystal Method. Are we here for Crystal Method? We've seen it. She was. Uh, she had my favorite look at the runway, which, which was which was what the Freddy Krueger sweater outfit and the bandage oh, hair. Oh
0: yeah, yeah, sure. I'm a spooky
1: queen, so I do love I know that. You are.
0: Some of them I don't feel like I know very well yet. The ones mm-hmm. that stand out to me though are the ones that I'm gonna remember. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I All mean
1: right. widow Von do.
0: Widow though. Right. Yeah. I mean, stand out. I'm yeah. here for her.
1: And like just to, like clearly coming out as like I am I am literally that bitch.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No apologies. Yes. Eat it. Mm-hmm. Eat it. All right. We're gonna jump back a little bit to SNL, the SNL connection. Yes. The RuPaul SNL connection, because RuPaul had um uh, an SNL film moment mm-hmm. where she remade over Pete Davidson's character. Uh, Chad. Chad. It was like, okay, yeah. all right, sure, I, And okay. I was
1: so, uh, I was so pissed off that Why? that's what, the, I was like, this is what we're going to when when that whole started and we saw Chad, I got so mad because I was like, is this what we're going to do with our with this like digital short moment is we're going to do waste it on a Chad bit? Mm. And then as it went on, I was like, okay, I'm a little less pissed off. I thought this was very smart. Uh-huh. But like
0: What about it pissed you off?
1: Just the fact that, like, there was so much they could have done Mm -hmm. with RuPaul in drag doing that. Mm -hmm. And they did it on a Chad bit. Mm -hmm. Which, like, was fine because that was the most, like, range that I saw RuPaul have on screen in a while. Uh But, like, it turned it around and I was fine. But when it came on you realized it was going to be a Chad, Uh like, a Chad sketch, I was like,
0: oh, God, why? See, I don't know. I I kind of... Love the Chad bits. I f- if anything, I feel like it's the only thing that Pete Davidson is really good at on the show. <laughs> okay. Because I mean, okay. that's what he's there for. Yeah. But he also spoke out quite publicly this month about how he feels he's treated at SNL. Mm-hmm. And how he feels like he's just made fun of every day. How like they treat him like the fucking joke. And how they think he's dumb. Yeah. Which you and I have talked about here before. Yes. And that we don't think that Pete Davidson is really... Long for this world on s n l no
1: i i i don't think so either. i think he you know he he had an indie film with uh machine Gun Kelly recently that I think is supposed to be doing uh, supposed to be on the circuit soon so again, I feel like he i feel like this is one of those cast members that needs to move on
0: yeah i've always felt a little confused by his place there like in terms of i don't i don 't know if he's Mm-hmm. If he's a fit or yeah. I don't know what he contributes to the cast because it's it's kind of clear through writing that like they don't give him the opportunity to contribute much. Yeah.
1: When they do give him the opportunity to contribute, it's he's playing Chad or he's, he's um doing his like weekend update correspondent thing
0: mm-hmm. and poking fun at himself again. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so he spoke quite publicly about that, which we wonder must have pissed off Lor- Lorne Michaels.
1: You know what? I think he don't cares at this
0: point. Yeah. yeah because,
1: yeah. you know, again, like, uh, and, you know, again, like, people are just terrified, like, that Lauren is going to just assassinate them mm-hmm. for speaking it out. But I feel like at this point, because he also um, he also released his stand-up special on Netflix, where he spoke very candidly. Yeah um which will transition into that i don't think they cared
0: yeah okay yeah. so that's a good segue let's talk about his stand up special um yeah i i was
1: you know what it, it's very interesting cuz it's like we are getting stand-up specials on Netflix where people are are more – it's not so much their comedy. It's mm-hmm. them, like, apologizing or giving you the full tea about things that happened to mm-hmm. them. Black Mitzvah talked about, you know, she uh, – Tiffany Haddish talked about the show where she bombed. Mm-hmm. You have Aziz Ansari mentioning, you know, like, everyone is doing this as, like, a literal form of, like
0: – Redemption. Uh,
1: exactly. Redemption, reparation, or, you know, like uh, – um, amends that's that's actually yeah. what i meant so with pete davison's i would like okay he is funny and he was basically just there for like an hour doing what i like that he does on on snl which mm-hmm. is his weekend update stuff where he yeah. talks about his life
0: mm-hmm. that's it you know he talked about ariana grande he talked about his father yeah um some really off-color humor,
1: yeah. Which which is his brand. Which
0: is his brand, yeah, yeah.
1: But like you know, and then this kind of calls into question, like, so when he was out there doing this comedy, he would like they people had to put their phones away and like un, and sign like a, NDAs that were like under threat of paying a million dollars if mm. anything got got out, which like was excessive. But he also created this. It was interesting because he was just like, oh, you know, I did that because I, I wanted to make sure that, like, no one would misconstrue what I'm saying. That mm-hmm. I, it's a full – it's a full – I have full control over my voice when I go forward. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah I mean, I, I I don't think I learned anything new about him. I mm-hmm. think we just – it confirmed things we already did yeah. know. Um I d- m- one joke that does stand out was the fact that like you know I don't know why it's like that that's the ultimate revenge Ariana Grande talked about his big penis because like every woman from now on that he dates is going to be disappointed,
0: <laughs> <laughs> and I was
1: like that's a fair yeah. that's a fair assessment. I yeah. loved
0: what he said about Louis C.K.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: and just how like really wanting that approval from him at mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. uh, and how he was just such a condescending dick, and then you know he had his come up comeuppance. So. Yeah, um, uh. Goodness, I don't know. We'll see what's in store for Pete Davidson.
1: Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. The season's almost over, so yeah. we'll see if he, they, you know, give him a nice little send off, or he goes quietly.
0: I feel like he's going to be one of those people that goes quietly. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, they would give like he's not like a Tina Fey. He's no. not like a yeah.
0: He's not a Kristen Wiig yeah. or a Bill Hader. Mm-hmm. Speaking of Bill Hader, when is Barry coming back?
1: Mm. I don't know. Probably in the that? summer.
0: I mean. Okay. Yep. (laughs) Now. (laughs) That's all I got. Oh, Josephine, February was jam-packed. I will also say a note. Um, In February, we saw Netflix presented *Hentified*, which Mm -hmm. is produced by America Ferrara. I watched the whole season. Josephine has not seen it yet. Mm -hmm. We're going to push that to March so that we can talk about that together.
1: Yeah, and we'll talk about. Um, I think in March, we'll also talk about America Ferreira leaving uh, Superstore.
0: Yes, we will. Uh, in March, there's a lot of stuff coming up. Also, Hillary, the four part docuseries on Hulu. I already watched part one. Um, the Way Back. The Ben Affleck, I'm a big drunkard movie, Yes, but it's a sports movie. But it's movie. basketball. Like. It's a sports movie, friends. You know I'm going to see it. I can't wait. Uh, we're going to continue to talk about RuPaul's Jag Race and um, uh, the, the shocking leave of Alex Karev on Grey's Anatomy. <gasps> oh, what? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> also, the... Um, The C.J. Walker, Madam C.J. Walker series. Yes, on Netflix. Netflix. There's a lot of stuff coming up in March. And so, you know, children, we're going to bring it to you. Mm -hmm. So there it is. Yeah. All right, the children. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Miss Wendy. All right, y'all. Stay tuned. Enjoy your time of the month.
1: Bye. Bye.